Welcome to Good as Gold. You're listening to this podcast because you're new to the wonderful world of parenting. You've got kids and you want to know you're not alone. Or you could be like us, juggling business life and parent life. We talk about all things relationship, business and mixing it all together. Join us on our journey in business, raising our kids and growing as a community. Whatever it is you're doing, we hope you enjoy listening as much as we do sharing. Welcome to Good as Gold. Welcome to episode two of Good as Gold. I am so excited to bring this topic to you this week. This week we're talking about co-sleeping and I know that this is quite a popular topic. So I'm very excited to share my experiences with you. We co-slept with Cassia for two and a half years. And let me start off by saying that there is absolutely no judgment. There are pros and cons. I did it for two years, so I can tell two and a half years. I can tell you that there are pros and cons with co-sleeping. There is no right or wrong way you do what uh, works for you and your family. I we purely co-slept. Oh, I purely co-slept out of survival. Um, Cassia was not a great sleeper for the first almost three years of her life. She would wake up for the first three months every hour to the hour without fail. She was a hard nut to crack with sleeping. I finally got her sleeping when she was almost three, but. The reason that we co-slept for two and a half years was purely out of survival. So I was still working, obviously, with CMC Gold, and I could not function on an hour's sleep, broken an hour's sleep for three months. By the first sort of, I remember, I think it was about three weeks, I was like, I'm going to die. If I do not sleep, I'm going I'm to die. So um, that is why I ended up co-sleeping, and I loved it in the sense that I loved the cuddles and I loved having her there. And I will talk about this in depth a little bit later. But then I also didn't like it in the fact that it took me quite a while to actually get her to sleep properly. I needed to retrain her to actually sleep. So I made sure when I had Charlize that I didn't I didn't do that with her purely because I was in a good space with Cassia. I didn't want to go through that again with Charlize. Um, again, pros and cons of not doing it, but that worked for me. I sort of learnt with Cassia and I adapted and changed with Charlize. So Charlize has probably slept in my bed maybe two or three times since she's been born and usually it's when she's sick. She's actually very different to Cassia. Cassia was and still is a very um, loving attachment type kid whereas Charlize when you put her to sleep she obviously wants to be held she wants to cuddle but once she's asleep she's like get off me I actually want to sleep on my own so um, it worked for both of us really so Charlize um, relatively resettled herself um, which was which was nice again that was sort of my um, learning through Cassia that I managed to get Charlize to resettle herself. If Cassia used to make a noise, I would be straight wherever she was, whether it was in the bassinet um, for the very uh, few times that she actually stayed in a bassinet, I would be in there within a second. With Charlize, I let her have a little bit of a cry. Now, I don't do the whole controlled crying thing. Um, that stresses me out. I, if, you know, if she if she's crying, she obviously needs something. Again, this is all very personal and your own experiences and opinions. So you do what works for you with me. I can't have my kids screaming. It stresses me out. So I will let her have a little bit of a cry. Um, and usually she resettles herself and puts herself back to sleep. So if she's crying and screaming, usually it's for a reason. 
So with um, with Cassia, I was in there straight away. I wouldn't even let her have any sort of niggling noise at all because I was like, oh, no, what's happening? So you learn with your second. I think it's a very different um, a different way of bringing up your kids. I think the way that, yeah, what happens with your third, you, you adapt and you learn and you change. So I will also start off before I jump into the co-sleeping that if you are planning on co-sleeping, there are websites that you can look at. For instance, rednose.org has some great factual information um, that is it is good for safe methods in co-sleeping, so make sure you do check that out. Um, so as I said, Cassia wasn't a very good sleeper. First three months, without fail, on the hour, every hour she would be up. Um, I was, as I said, still working seven days a week. I could not um, deal with no sleep. I was going to, like I said, I was. I felt like I was going to die after about three weeks. So um, I was lucky in the sense that at that time we were still working from home. We weren't, we didn't need to go to the factory. So if I needed to take a quick nap during the day, I was able to do that. Not that I really did that very often because when she napped, I was like, oh, I've got 50,000 loads of washing to do or I had something else to do. But if I needed the nap, I could have it, which was good. So the only way Cassia would physically actually go to sleep would be if she felt Morris or I near her. She wouldn't she wouldn't like she wouldn't even lay in, in lay in her cot. Like that her cot for the first two years, I actually thought to myself, why did I even buy a cot? She didn't even use it. Um she literally went from our bed to her bed. She hated the cot. I don't know what it was I don't know what her thing was with the cot, but she absolutely hated it. She hated bassinet too, really. She hated anything but my bed, but she definitely hated the cot. So um, if I was to wait for her to be in the deepest sleep ever, try and put her down, just moving her away from my body, she'd wake up and that was it. She was up. So there was, there was by that time I was like, right, we, she, the only way she's sleeping is in my bed. The only way I'm sleeping is in my bed. Um, and the only way I can work is her in my bed. So that's how we got to the co-sleeping stage. And I was happy with that. I, I I was too tired to care at that stage. Um, and I managed to do it for two and a half years. I enjoyed it. I loved the cuddles. I loved having her there. I felt like it was such a nice bond. I also, it was good in a way also for my, I guess, mum guilt that because I was working so much and I was working such long hours, seven days a week, I felt like I was neglecting her a little bit and having her there with me at night, I could give her a cuddle and she knew I was I was there. I don't know. I mean, it's, it probably sounds silly, but uh, yeah, the mum guilt really ate me up with the amount of time that I was working um, and I didn't feel like I was spending enough time with her. So, yeah, the cuddles at night were welcomed with, with Cassia. With Charlize, I have definitely stepped back a little bit from um, being physically at the warehouse. I am still working at home and on my phone seven days a week, but they're there and I can put my phone down if I need to. Whereas with Cassia, because we didn't have the staff, we weren't able to do that and I was I was still working a lot. So the cuddles and the co-sleeping was my my way of feeling like okay, I'm still there and she she knows I'm still here. So um the other thing with Cassia was and the reason why I couldn't get her in her room eventually um because I was heavily pregnant, I was like mate, you're going in your room now, you're almost 3 and um you're going to have a sibling soon and I can't have four of us in a queen bed because we are not going to fit. So I was on a mission to make sure that I uh, got Cassia into her bed before I had my second child, which was obviously Charlize. So the first thing 
Cassia was scared of her room. I don't know why she was scared of her room. She wouldn't even play in her room. She wouldn't lay in her room. I remember during the day, there was about a week where I thought, let me see if I can stay home a little bit more. During the day, I'll try and get her to have a nap in her bed at least. She would be almost asleep. Like I'm talking on the brink of she could not keep her eyes open. And as soon as her eyes started closing and she was in her bed, that was it. She was awake and she would absolutely wake herself up and start crying and say, I want to sleep on the couch or I want to sleep in your room. I wanted to sleep anywhere but her bed. So she was not a fan of her room. So I thought, right, okay, I need to get her to start liking her room first before I try to make her sleep in there. So what we would do is I put all her toys in her room one side of her room has obviously got her bed and all of the pretty things. The other side is full of toys. And even to this day, Morris will still now go in and play blocks with her or he he obviously um, reads her a book. That's their time. So he'll read her a book before she goes to bed, but they'll play blocks or they'll do something. Um, she's got a dollhouse in there. They'll do some playing before the, before the book and then um, – she feels like that's a, f- a fun space instead of a scary space. So that's what we did to try and get her used to her room. Um, and like I said, she's three now and to this day we still Morris will still go in, have a play with her, read a book, she's in a happy place and then I'll go in and say, okay, it's sleep time and I'll sit on her bed until she actually goes to sleep. So, so it takes about 21 days to break a habit. So the first four say four to five days was hard work. She reverted back to the let's wake up every hour and it was definitely an hour to the hour for the first say three to five days. I can't remember exactly how long it was but I remember that first few days were hard and the thing that got me through those is I needed to make sure that I didn't cave and when she cried and said she didn't want to stay in her room that I just laid with her and calmed her down and told her it was okay and I did not sleep for that week that those three to five days I didn't sleep so I was literally up with her every hour and it was hard but after those initial few days of changing that habit I started to see the wake-ups would extend. So instead of her waking up every hour, it was every two to three hours. And slowly, slowly, the wake-ups would just stretch out a little bit longer. And I thought, okay, we're finally getting somewhere. So I would always resettle her, put her back to sleep and tell her she could wake up in the morning. So whenever she saw that it was dark, I would say to her, Cassia, it's still nighttime. You need to go back to sleep. And I would sit there and just um, calm her down and wait at her bed until she fell asleep again. So by the end of that, say fifth night, the the wake the hourly wake ups turned to three to four hourly wake ups, and we turned the corner, and I definitely saw that she wasn't scared to stay in her room anymore. It was more just now a readjustment in actually um, getting her to stay in a different room. So by the um, third week, she would maybe wake up once or twice. Um, even now, she's been in her bed now for almost four months, five months now, and she still will wake up once or twice. And usually it's if she needs to go to the toilet or if she needs a drink or she wants a blanket. I do say to her, Cassie, you can do these things yourself. If you need to go to the toilet, yes, I can come and help you. But your drink bottles on your bedside table and your blankets are right there. Just pull them up. But she likes to call me for any, everything during the night. So, but I don't mind. So if, if she's only waking up once, twice, I don't mind. Um, so 
the first week is hard. It is hard work. You just need to be firm and not allow them to go back into your bed because what I find is if you do that, then all they they just know they need to cry and then they're going to get their way. So I really tried my hardest to make sure that didn't happen. That was the main point that uh, you need to take out of if you are going to try and sleep train or get out of the co-sleeping to their own bed. Just be consistent. Having a schedule makes a big difference. Now, I did not have schedules for especially Cassia due to working so late and seven days a week. There were times where, especially when we moved into the new warehouse, I remember it being 9 p.m. and I was still there and poor Cassia was used to sleep on the floor in the playpen. So the reason why her sleeping arrangements or the way that she used to sleep weren't great was was my fault. A lot of it was my fault because I was working so late. I didn't have a regimented routine for her. Now, when I had Charlize, I really made sure I had a routine for the two of them. If I di- if I don't have it, if you don't have a routine for when you've got two kids, I feel like it's just a shambles. So, um, I really implemented that when I had Charlize to make sure they both went to sleep at the same time. Um, if they both wake up during the night, obviously I can't control that, but they both relatively go to sleep at the same time at night, and they both wake up around the same time, and that is purely due to the routine. I know a couple of my friends said to me, Chloe, you need to have a routine when I was, you know, bringing up Cassie out and I I couldn't do it. It just did not suit our family. We were, Morris would work till 9pm. Morris would never see her. Um, And I was working pretty much the same sort of hours until it started getting a little bit difficult to do that. But even still, I just never had a routine for her because I was just too busy working. So I think... Uh, having a routine makes a big difference as well. And as I said, when you've got two kids, it makes a huge difference. I notice a massive difference. Yes, you do miss out on some things. So sometimes Morris will go to places without me. I will stay home with the girls if it's going to be, if I know it's going to be a late night. Here and there, we deviate from the routine. So I'm not like you need to be in bed at eight o'clock every single night. Um, even if we've got something on, we're going home. Like there are going to be times where you'll have things on and that's fine. Like I don't, um, I can see the girl start, well, especially Charlize starts crying because she has, she's had that routine from day dot by seven thirty eight o'clock. She's tired. So I usually have to end up going anyway, but you know, if we need to stretch it for a half an hour or an hour, sometimes, um, due to something being on, then that's fine. So a lot of people say try the 7 to 7 method. Again, do what works for your family. If co-sleeping works for you, do it. If the 7 to 7 works for you, do it. 7 to 7 didn't work for us again because of working. Morris would never see them. So just make sure you're doing what works for you. Um, there is no right or wrong way. So... It was um, difficult to try and get her to stay in her room. But as I said, after that first week, we got through the hard part of waking up every hour. After that, it was more just adjustments and getting her used to staying in a different room. And after that initial three to four weeks, we were in such a good space where she'd sleep Um 8, 8.30, both the girls go to bed and they both usually wake up anywhere between 6.30 and 7 o'clock or, um, you know, if they sleep in, it's 7.30, but by 7.30, everybody's up. So, um, which which works well for me because I've, we, I was still going to the factory and I still do go to the factory early. So, they're used to getting up early and I like the fact that they get up earlier because I do want them in bed by 8, 8.30. If I could get them in bed earlier, I would. Um but then again, Morris wouldn't see them. So the 8, 8 p.m. bedtime works for us. So the, um, you know, in summary, having some sort of schedule definitely helps. Um, having a bit of a routine definitely helps. 
trying to get them to enjoy their space more so before you get them to sleep in their room that definitely helps even when you're styling their bedroom or like when we went from nursery to her big girl room I she helped me with picking what she wanted in her room I know it's little things but those little things like she gets excited when she sees her dolls swing for instance because she chose that and she wants the dolls to sit on the swing and she plays with that so giving them a bit of ownership about where they're actually um, sleeping and in their space I think that helps a lot as well so I definitely recommend um, having those those things put in place before you start your sleeping routines with your kids co-sleeping is beautiful Um, again I will reiterate that it is no there is no right or wrong it is your decision if it works for you you do that I am absolutely no sleep expert I'm purely sharing my opinion and what I did and my experience you do you you absolutely don't listen to what everybody else says as well I think that was another thing that I fell into a lot of a trap because so many people said to me Chloe don't let her sleep in your bed don't co-sleep you're never going to be able to get them out um and you know what they were right in a sense because it did. It took me two and a half years to get her out, but I didn't care. I actually liked it. So don't let people tell you that you shouldn't have them in your bed. Just do what you want to do. Um, I hope that helps. I I loved bringing this episode to you. I hope if you are in the position where you are moving from co-sleeping to moving from to their own room, I hope these little steps help you. Um It's a bit of a tough journey, like I said, about a month and you'll be fine. You've just got to stick it out and and help them through moving from to into a whole new space. So you've got to remember as well from their point of view, like they've been used to that room. Um, they've been used to having you there. It just will take a bit of time. So I hope that helps and I am looking forward to hearing your experiences. We do have an Instagram page set up. Um, at Good as Gold Podcast, you're more than welcome to shoot us a DM or um, pop your uh, experiences up on our posts as well. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Good as Gold. We hope this episode has brought some value into your life. And if it has, remember to subscribe and follow for weekly episodes. We want to grow this community. So if someone you know will benefit from this podcast, please share it. In the meantime, we love what we do and we hope you do too. Stay amazing. Until next time. Bye.